to offer a space where change can take place. We've heard this line from Henry Nouwen's definition of hospitality the last few Sundays. We heard in the scripture reading how Abraham hurried to the entrance of his tent and called out to the stranger, do not pass me by. In other words, don't deny me the privilege of offering you a space for refreshment before you go on your way. He served them a choice tender calf and Sarah's freshly baked bread. Our Monday evening guests come to us for only an hour or two of their week, but for that short time, we have the privilege of providing refreshment, a home-cooked meal, a listening ear, and laughter. Patricia, who is a vital presence each week, has a a gift of humor, which refreshes all of us and helps relieve a tense situation that might occur. A growing edge which the Monday evening experience provides for Ernie and me is extending hospitality beyond our circle of family and friends to include strangers. A prayer that accompanies us as we drive in and I'm sure also the other 10 or so regulars from East Chestnut Street who come to help each week is, may we see Jesus in each one who comes, and may they see Jesus in us. Remembering we are all made in God's image and deeply loved by God helps us connect to this extended part of family. Our guests enjoy being greeted by name. Sometimes we get tested on our memory skills. What's my name? They ask with a grin. I admit to carrying my little cheat sheet. Flexibility versus rigidity is also key. We have guidelines in place for smooth, efficient serving of large numbers, but we need wisdom to know when to flex these guidelines. In addition to East Chestnut Street, There are 10 other churches who come serving meals, carrying in their pots of homemade food and offering greetings and smiles to our guests. Thanks to each of you for your part in this hospitality opportunity. And as you heard, tomorrow evening it's tasty tacos uh, prepared and served by the friendly um, Mentors Amigos. I am learning that hospitality's outcome often remains a mystery. We don't immediately know fully what it is or how or if it has been conveyed. On a recent city walk with my friend Edna Hirschberger, I felt encouraged when we met two of our former Monday evening friends coming towards us. One offered a hug and said, we moved and can't come anymore but we miss everybody so much. In extending hospitality, the boundaries of our hearts and family are enlarged and God's kingdom flourishes. We and the other 10 churches, churches, along with our Monday evening friends, together find a space where change can take place. Three weeks ago, Dawn made this statement uh, about hospitality that has resonated with me as I was preparing this little talk. She said, hospitality is free space where change can take place. 
Um, I knew children came to the community meals, and I thought that I could be a help to, their, to them. Uh, so I started coming to the community meals several uh, months ago. And I was planning to come and just read a story to the children uh, as they waited uh, for their meal and just assumed that they would listen as well as my grandchildren did when they come to my house or your children when they come here to church. Well, that doesn't happen. Uh, so each week there's new challenges that I face when providing hospitality to the children at our community guests. The amount that come each week vary. Their ages are very diverse from babies to maybe 12, and all with a variety of mental abilities. So I have learned to <laughs> be flexible in my expectations and be creative to try to turn their play habits into a positive learning experience. East Chestnut Street's hospitality is a free space where change does take place each week. Being a part of the Monday evening community meals for the past several years has been rewarding and also intriguing. And I am frequently challenged to take a second look at my own sense of values related to wealth and security. My corner of responsibility on Monday nights is to help in the serving of coffee. For the brief moment, as I hand each one that cup of coffee, I think our hearts are both warmed by this common gesture of hospitality. Yet we both know that there is a wide gap in our separate ways of life, so we don't talk a lot. We don't ask the usual questions about jobs. Who are you related to? What kind of car do you drive? What college did you graduate from? It doesn't work. It won't work. I'm still learning how to ask those questions that, as Nalwin said, provide a place of freedom not disturbed by dividing lines. I try only to ask questions or make comments that reflect a caring heart. I try to listen more. At times when I lie awake in the middle of the night, warmly snuggled in my bed in a quiet house, I wonder about Pete as one example. Is he still sleeping in his car on this cold, wintry night? He had been telling me about possibly getting a room in an old apartment building, attractive to him because it also had a parking lot. But every time he drove out of that lot, it would cost him a dollar, even if he did it five times a day, each time. Yet, if he parked along the street, his car would become a target for vandalism because it is stuffed with almost everything that he owned. I don't have time to tell you about many others who we have come to know, who are desperately struggling with issues of safety, poor housing or no housing, inability to find a job, medical and dental needs. But sometimes I wonder if Jesus ever shows up in person for our meal. If he did, would Jesus be among the crowd of 140 
who have come to be fed. He would understand them. He had no place to lay his head. He had no bank account. He, too, walked everywhere. Or would Jesus be found in the kitchen with those preparing the food for the 5,000, giving each guest food as an act of compassion? Well, Jesus does show up. He is here every Monday night. Good morning. In January 2011, the house at 639 East Chestnut Street was ready for its first renters. We'd worked hard to prepare this property for a family who needed an affordable house so that they could move from shelter to a permanent home. When we gathered as a church in that space on a blustery Sunday morning, we read and sang together and then wandered through the house, each with our own hopes for the family who would soon reside there. To focus our reflection this morning on hospitality in connection with Chestnut Housing Corporation, we look back to the blessing we read at the house that day. The first section is about our purpose in offering hospitality, and it reads, Dear sisters and brothers, we gather in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who knows what it is to be exiled and without a home or a place to lay his head. We gather in the name of Jesus, who told his disciples that every act of service done for the poor and the vulnerable is in fact an act of service to the Lord. Both the Old and New Testaments overflow with examples of welcoming strangers. Consider Abraham receiving the three angels, or Rahab allowing Joshua's spies to stay with her. And think of Jesus saying in Matthew 25, I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. As you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. Clearly, we are shown that Christian community is marked by hospitality. Offering hospitality to a vulnerable stranger is the mark of the believer. Chestnut Housing has allowed our congregation to offer hospitality to strangers, and we've done it willingly and well. The second part of the house blessing calls us to thankfulness and reminds us that we are here by God's grace. We gather to give thanks for this house and to dedicate it to the service of God and to the blessing of a family still unknown to us. We do this with grateful hearts for the calling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit who guided us to this place and to this day. As Christians, we are aware that we are sojourners in the world and guests in the kingdom of God. Hospitality is an apt metaphor for how God, through Christ, relates to God's creation. God is the host at the kingdom banquet feast, and we are all graciously invited. Graciously, meaning through grace, we have not earned our way to the banquet. Like the poor, we cannot repay the host. In our first gospel reading, Luke tells the story of the host going out into the streets to bring in guests. God offers welcome to anyone who hears and responds to the invitation. As we recognize the gift of hospitality that we have been given, we also see that from a place of deep thankfulness, we must share that holy welcome with others. The third section of the house blessing demonstrates that we offer hospitality and hope to those who may not feel welcome in the world. 
we gather in hope that this house will become a home, a source of light, a place filled with laughter and great joy, a warm and blessed respite from the cares of the world, and a sign of God's coming reign. The social crisis and isolation experienced by families who are homeless is remedied in part through hospitality. People experiencing homelessness are detached from the connections that give them their place in the world. Chestnut housing offers a welcome that affirms the worth and dignity of our renters. We welcome the vulnerable rather than those with power and prestige. This makes our hospitality both a subversive act and a witness to the world. The empire prefers to separate people and cause them to fear each other. We are reminded again of the passage we read from Luke, the poor and low are more welcome to Christ than the rich and great. The final section of the house blessing offers a prayer for all of us as we continue to learn about offering and receiving hospitality. May each room be filled with Christ's peace. May each heart who abides here know God's everlasting love. May each one who enters be met with the Spirit's healing. May all who pass be warmed by the light of heaven. Just as Jesus was sometimes a guest and sometimes a host throughout his ministry, we too are in a position not only to offer hospitality, but to receive it. Through the months of preparation at 639 East Chestnut Street, we experience the kind of hospitality in which the stranger becomes known to us and we become more known to each other. Hospitality was shown by uncounted other individuals, congregations, organizations, and businesses in our community who offered support of all kinds. And now we have been welcomed into the lives of a community different than ours through our connections to families experiencing homelessness. Through this affordable housing project, we welcome each other's gifts and resources, showing hospitality to each other in working together to create this ministry. I have been consistently amazed at this congregation throughout our work together. When the house was being, built, was being renovated, volunteers were not content to simply do the minimum, but insisted on making the house at 639 East Chestnut Street a beautiful home. When the Chestnut Housing Board asked for funding for a down payment for a second property, you all contributed more than enough in record time. As we fully welcome each other into this project, we see the words from 1 Peter in action. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. This venture into affordable housing has affirmed each person's value in offering hospitality one to the other. We each have different gifts shown in different ways that serve to warm us in the light of heaven. Our responsibility is to offer hospitality. How it's received is not our responsibility. Do we have the strength to offer hospitality when it is not well received or reciprocated? As many of you know, we had a difficult experience with the first family who rented our house at East Chestnut Street. Not only did they not pay the rent, but they left the house in terrible shape. We had to wonder, do we have the strength to clean and make needed repairs and start over? Do we have the will to offer hospitality to another family? First Peter reminds us, 
Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies. When we asked for workers to clean and repair the damage, you all took the gifts and strengths that God supplied and showed up at the house to work again, responding to the call to offer hospitality. So to get back to the question, what are we learning about hospitality through our involvement with Chestnut Housing? At least part of the answer comes from 1 Peter. God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything, encores to the end of time. Oh, yes. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.